Hello and welcome back to the Stuck In Between podcast. My name is Romy. And I'm Sandan. Thanks for joining us. In this episode, we interview the incredibly talented Dr. Turned Playwright, Aaron Dangaratnam. Aaron is the creator of Stay Woke, a play about two brothers, Niv and Sai, heading to the mountains to bury the hatchet on a lifelong rivalry, exploring so many important themes and issues through comedy. In this chat, we learnt a little about Aaron's background, his play and the theatre experience around Stay Woke, as well as his upcoming projects. Make sure to check out Stay Woke at the Darlinghurst Theatre in Sydney, running until April 17th. Get your tickets at darlinghursttheatre.com forward slash stay woke. And stay tuned for future episodes with more of the cast and crew involved with this project. Now on to the episode. Well, Aaron, thank you so much for joining us and congratulations on Stay Woke, your recent writing debut. Thank you. Thanks. I'm glad to be here. I'm excited for the show to be over in Sydney and um, see how it goes down there. <laughs> yeah, I'll, I'm so excited because I'll be attending the uh, Saturday show, um, which will be the Saturday before this episode comes out. And I've already had so many rave reviews about it. And not just from, you know, how you're able to dress and bring out so many themes and issues through comedy, but also the experience the Stabook team have put together and created around the show yeah. and a theatre performance like this, right? Yeah. Um, but before we hear about all of that, tell our audience a bit about yourself. Yeah, so my name's Aaron. I'm a playwright um, from Melbourne. I grew up in Melbourne. I'm Sri Lankan Tamil. And um, basically, yeah, I've been in the theatre world for the past couple of years. I wrote my first play uh, for the 2019 Melbourne Fringe Festival and I was in that play. I was acting in it too. Um, nice. But this time, yeah, they sort of were like, we need some real actors in the. <laughs> we, <laughs> we need some people that can act. So um, yeah. I wrote it with the Moldhouse Theatre um, and they developed it and commissioned this script. Um, so, yeah, we've been working on it since 2020. And, you know, because of the pandemic and all that, it's only come out this year. But pretty exciting because we're the first play that they put on inside the theatre for a couple of years. So, yeah. Yeah, that's incredible. How have you felt about all of the reception towards Stay Woke? Like, does it feel surreal to know people that are actually watching your play and loving it? (laughs) Like, what? describe those emotions. (laughs) Yeah, it's really nice. Like, it is, it's nice and it's validating. It's like, it is, it's a weird feeling that like, you know, like we had a couple sold out shows in Melbourne. It's like all these people came to watch the show. Like, I don't even know who these people are. Um, I don't know why they came (laughs) and they seem to like it. So it's, it is a weird thing because like when you're writing it, it's like, it's very small and like, it's very personal. And Mm. then when you see it up on stage and people are into it, it's like, it is, it's a very validating feeling. It's sort of, it's a very vulnerable thing. I think putting yourself out there on stage to be like, oh, this is what I like. This is what I'm interested in. And for people to be into it, it's really, it's a really cool thing. That's yeah. amazing. So did your journey as a writer start in 2019 or did you fall in love with theatre even well before then? Uh, I haven't really been the biggest theatre lover in the past, to be honest. I, um, I started out doing improv and sketch comedy back in like 2016 and was writing sketches at my local improv theatre called The Improv Conspiracy. And then I went and saw a couple of plays and I'm like, I feel like I can do better than this. So I decided to write a play. (laughs) 
and put how, it up. How did that inspiration to do improv come about? Because I, I think for a lot of people, sometimes have that like light bulb moment of I'm going to try put myself out yeah. there, and do something new. Was mm. it like that for you, or was it always kind of something you were interested in? Yeah, actually, it it came about because I was just having like uh, coffee with a friend of mine, and we were just chatting, and I was talking about how I have like social anxiety and she was sort of like oh i just went to this improv class maybe that would help you out and i was like you know i'm down to try anything and then i went there for the first class and i just fell in love with it it's just such a fun thing and really it's such a nice way to get into the creative side of things because everyone's really supportive and um friendly and yeah and then i just like was obsessed for the next you know a couple years with it (laughs) that's crazy that's such a big step to go from someone who's got social anxiety to really immersing yourself like that do you think it helped with your social anxiety uh i'm not too sure about that but it was it was good in that like i met a lot of new people and like made a lot of new friends Mm -hmm. and i am still a pretty shy person so like I really liked the feeling of just improvising and making jokes and like getting laughs. So Mm. it was really fun anyway. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. So how would you say the whole world of theatre and arts has really shaped you? Um, Yeah, that's interesting. I don't know. I think that like when you're writing theatre or making or in the arts, like you have to really interrogate yourself and your beliefs in a way that you don't usually Mm. if you want to make something that's interesting and something that's true to yourself so I had to like really have a look at myself in the mirror (laughs) and be like what's going on here (laughs) um you know like how do I see the world and how do I experience things so yeah I think it's it made me more engaged with like who I am as a person and um what sorts of things I like yeah yeah I guess that's the real power of the arts, right? You get able to bring out all these sides of you and explore parts of you in ways that you wouldn't get to otherwise, Mm. which is quite interesting because you're also navigating a very analytical career in medicine um, while also opening these doors in a creative career in the arts. Is playwriting something you've always uh, wanted to do, but life has kind of taken you in a different direction or is it more a recent sort of thing that you've started to explore i know you mentioned that it was more recent with improv but Mm. in the back of your mind or in your heart when you're watching films when you're watching things uh would you be thinking about it from a writing perspective even prior to that probably not i i like honestly just really loved watching them and i was just a big fan of art and movies probably more movies and tv shows and theater um but i never really thought about being on the other side of things um, I always thought I had really good taste, but I guess that was just, a, <laughs> that's what everyone thinks, right? Um, so, I mean, I guess it goes back to that thing of like, you just don't see it. Like, you don't even like think it's a possibility mm. seeing like South Asians, like maybe once in a blue moon in mm. any of those spaces. So like, it's not like something that you as a child of like, oh, that's what I'm going to do. Cause you're like, oh, that's, it's kind of not for me. Yeah, it's also interesting because when we do see South Asians in those positions, people often put us in a box of what that should look like and Mm. what we're allowed to do. But what we're seeing more and more now, which is awesome, especially with the work that, um, for example, that you're doing, is that we can actually break the mold and push the boundaries of what we're expected to explore and be in the arts. Mm. Yeah, for sure. And it's also that you can have multiple interests, right? Like you're in the medical field, but also you're a playwright. So it goes to show... That, you know, your side hustle, I guess, can really be something that can fulfill you and can actually work out for you as maybe even a full time gig. Yeah, for sure. I mean, like, I think there's there's definitely a lot of pressure 
or me, I can speak for me personally, to get into those more stable fields um, mm. from family and society. I think only because I do have a job as a doctor that I could like be like to my parents, you know, I'm actually, I'm doing this stuff as well. Um, yeah. If I didn't have that, I probably wouldn't have like ever told them, to be honest. Right. Even with my first play, I didn't tell them that I was doing it. And they only found out afterwards and they were like... Why didn't you tell us? Like, we would have come. Like, what's wrong with you? Like, <laughs> so where did you tell them you were going when you were going to go act in this play? <laughs> well, I, I mean, like, I wasn't living at home. So they just like, Fair I was enough. like, yeah, yeah. yeah I, was, I was just like, I can't make it home this week. You know, but I'm busy. <laughs> yeah. I'm busy. Yeah. <laughs> with, um, with, with all the success of Stay Woke, has any part of you or like thought about leaving behind your career in medicine to pursue this wholeheartedly? Yeah, it's interesting. I think I've done the the audit, the pros and cons list of those two things. And it's pretty tough, to be honest, in the arts industry in that, like, there's no steady jobs and, like, everything that our parents did say is pretty fair. (laughs) Like, I do understand the merits of it now at the age of 30. Um, And there is a lot of, like, rejection or, like, there is a lot of putting yourself out there, which is all very hard. Even, like, in the small times that I've really, like, committed myself to making plays or putting plays out there it's been just an unstable time and I'm not trying to put people off from doing it but like it is hard um it's mm. harder than having a stable job that you can go to every day and you have to wear different challenges so I think having both for me at the moment is good and is what I want to do um unless I can you know make a billion dollars <laughs> in the arts <laughs> I'll do that so if anyone's got that opportunity I'm happy to take it was it really difficult to balance the two though because being in the medical field is super demanding so how did you balance that as well as writing this play and getting it through to production yeah to be honest when I when I wrote the majority of this play I was working sort of like part-time um I don't think that honestly working full-time in medicine and writing a play is something that anyone could do time-wise that's what I was wondering (laughs) you wouldn't be able to sleep no exactly um so I did it when I was working part-time and but luckily like I'm going into a stream in medicine of like GP where I can work part-time as an independent contractor so if I do want to like keep going with it it's something that I can do because I can sort of choose my own hours which is a is, is a huge privilege of being in this field yeah. yeah yeah absolutely so speaking of stay woke I know we've mentioned it a couple of times now can you tell us a little bit about it yeah sure so it's a dark comedy basically about two brothers two Sri Lankan Tamil brothers and their partners who go away for the weekend on a ski trip to Mount Bulla in Victoria and these two brothers they're sort of estranged they have a bit of a strained relationship because the older one is a bit more of the black sheep of the family and the younger sibling size, kind of like the golden child, as uh, many of us probably those dynamics exist in our families. <laughs> <laughs> um, and it's about them to like coming to grips with their relationship and the past issues they've had with each other, but also through the lens of their different partners. Um, the older brother, Niv, has got a partner who's very woke and um, works in cultural awareness And the younger brother's partner, Kate, she's sort of like a white Australian who's like um, from the country and a little bit more unaware of all these like social issues. And it's just sort of about like the conflicts that occur there and how they sort of get into fights and arguments that sort of devolve into like childhood 
arguments yeah. that they've been having for years. Yeah. Yeah, no, I, I can already picture in my head all of the themes and the ideas that you can bring out in having just a combination of those four people in a holiday situation like that, uh, for sure. How did you come up with the concept of the play? Because um, I know you were saying how, you know, some of these dynamics we can definitely relate to and picture in many South Asian families. Is that something that, that you can connect with as well? Is that a nervous laugh? <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, I, I, but realistically, someone who's in the 30s is already a doctor. Surely you're not the black sheep yeah, in this you scenario. You're the golden child. <laughs> yeah, I guess so, unfortunately. Um, yeah, as in, like, I, there's definitely that dynamic in my family. I've got two older brothers, and, you know, we all have different relationships with our parents, which is, um, it's strange because, like, my parents moved over to Australia when I was born, but my oldest brother was already eight at the time. He grew up in Sri Lanka. So, like, we often talk to each other about how we just got completely different childhoods, even though we're in the same family. Like. Household. Yeah, exactly. Like our parents did a complete 180 by the time that he was like, by the time I turned 18, that like he'd already pushed through all those boundaries that yeah. they already had. Yeah. And I was just on easy street, which I'm, I'm thankful for. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's something that um, Romy and I talk about as well, because I've got a twin brother. So that experience of one sibling getting one version of our parents is different for us because we're the same age but Romy yeah. is the elder yeah. sister right. and yeah. she's always complaining about her sister gets away with murder <laughs> and she had to go through all the tough times yeah. oh, you younger children <laughs> I know we're so annoying aren't we we just like roll through life and <laughs> without a care in the world yeah <laughs> uh, why did you feel like this was an important story for you to tell and what was the message you tried to achieve or convey through it yeah, I guess like um, in terms of the story, I guess my main goal was to make like a, a play with um, Sri Lankan Tamil characters yeah. that are complex and three-dimensional and like not not necessarily mm. likeable or like white or black, they're more in the grey. That was sort of like my main goal with it. And then um, like I just felt like the whole sibling relationship was a very relatable thing that we, especially with um, South Asian families like obviously we are so entwined with our families in ways yeah it's a, it's a different dynamic to a lot of dynamics that we've seen in popular like tv and movies there's just like a a bond that you know is very intense that we can't get rid of with our families yeah. and our and our parents and I always thought that's interesting and that um I wanted to tell a story about that um even if you get it you can say horrible things to each other and still the next day you, you're still family in ways that like isn't true for everybody else um so yeah I wanted to tell that story and um yeah I just had to like mine from my own life a little bit to make it relatable <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah absolutely has your family seen the play and what was their reaction <laughs> especially knowing that you did have to mine through your own <laughs> life for it yeah it's funny I was really nervous for them to watch the play they came on opening night I was just like I was really, really in a state, um, but they came, they watched it. I was wondering whether they would feel like I just stole the entire thing from our lives, which I didn't, but I did steal some, some moments from it. So before they went in the theatre, I was like, hey, look, I took some moments from our lives, but this isn't about us. But it's kind of a weak argument as well. So I thought they'd just be like, oh, you know, he's just saying that to make us feel better. But they did enjoy the show. They, they said they liked it. And um, I think that they were happy too, that it was just like, um, Sri Lankan Tamils on stage and like they appreciated that and they were like look at all these white people enjoying this show <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome yeah. oh, how 
amazing. Yeah. Um, I'm interested <laughs> to know, as this was your writing debut, what was the learning process like? Because I can imagine it must have been kind of difficult going from, you know, one end of it to then being behind the scenes and actually creating something from scratch, especially when you don't have like a writing or maybe like an English or arts background? Mm. Yeah, like obviously I'd written that one play before, but then um, the the New Works manager at the Moldhouse, his name's Mark Pritchard, he came and saw that play and then we sort of like hung out and um, he invited me along to a work, writing workshop that was just like a week long. He really was like instrumental in teaching me during that whole process. So like I would send him a draft and then basically he was like, okay, we need to go back to basics about how to write a play. <laughs> like, what's the structure and all that? So he was really patient in that way and, like, being like, actually, in the first act, you have to do this and you have to achieve this in the second act. So he really took me through all that, which is, like, just such a great and um, lovely thing to do. And really, like, Mark would send me plays to be like, read this, see how it is. This is you might be interested in this. And then, yeah, I mean, just to, like, learn what the structure is and all that. So. Yeah. This is how you build characters. This is how... This yeah, exactly. To flow. Yeah. yeah. That's awesome. I was able to learn on the job, you know, like he would be like, okay, this is what you need to do. And um, then I would make the changes and then, yeah, we sort of worked on it together. And during that period, I sort of got a free playwriting education, which is just so great. Um, and yeah, I was just, I was always open to like listening to what he had to say and like taking it on board and trying things. So... Um, yeah, I definitely have a lot more knowledge now than I did at the start of the process, but it took a lot of teaching and patience on on Mark's part, which I'm forever grateful yeah. for. Yeah. Did yeah. you ever feel like it was too difficult or that you couldn't do it at any point? Or did you always have that self-confidence that you'd be able to produce what you wanted to, no matter how long it took? I think that I um, I had some confidence in that I really felt like, you know, in terms of the landscape, I had something that was missing and that um, even if it wasn't that, like, structurally great, like, they have nothing like stuff that I could offer, which is, like, interesting in itself. Um, and I had the confidence that, like, if I've made some classic South Asian jokes, like, a bunch of these white people wouldn't have heard them already. So, like, you know, like, in, in the, there's a novelty to what I could bring to the table. So I thought that it would be interesting in itself. Um, and I think that it's it's true. Like a lot of our stories haven't been told. So there's a lot of um, things to mine from. Um, you know, even if you take a classic story that we've seen and just put South Asians in it, like it's just a completely different dynamic. Like you can just steal the entire plot and then it'll be completely different and interesting just by nature of your own experience, I think. Yeah, definitely. What I've loved seeing is all of the really amazing community engagement campaigns in the mm. lead up to your show with, uh, you know, podcasts and events. And like I've seen people who post stories on Instagram of them walking into the theatre and being surrounded by South Asian music and South Asian food mm. and other diverse performances, you know, and, yeah. and art installations and decorations of things that you'd find in like a typical South Asian home, <laughs> right? And <laughs> we're hoping to get some of the team involved with that side of the project on for a few episode soon to discuss that further mm. but for you personally how has this play helped you connect to your culture and your identity has it helped you explore anything that you might not have normally if you weren't writing a production like this 
Yeah, it's funny. It's like, this is something that's happened at Darlinghurst. Like, Malthouse really didn't have anything like this. So it's all power to those, the community engagement team at Darlinghurst. It's so cool what they've done. Like, they've just created, like, this entire thing around the play. And, like, everyone's excited about that, which is super cool. Um, I think, yeah, like, my favourite part of the entire play is just, like, having South Asian and Sri Lankan Tamil people come up to me and be like, oh, my gosh, like... It's just been so relatable to watch the show and like feeling of that they feel represented and it really like they're just it, they're just so supportive um, in a lot of ways which is cool like including you guys asking me on this podcast um, just like meeting all these people that I've never met before and everyone's just so supportive and happy that something like this is being put out in sort of like mainstream theatre in in places that we haven't been before. Um, and yeah, it's, it's, it's funny because like I, I grew up here in Australia, so I don't have a huge connection to Sri Lanka, but, um, yeah, so it's, it's been really cool to see everyone engage with it and how it's inspired people to like put their own spin on things and like make their own art installations and all that. That's been such a thrill to see. Yeah, yeah, that's awesome. Did you have to unpack your relationship with your culture and your background a lot in the process of writing this play? Yeah, I think so. I think it's definitely something that I've had to engage with a lot more in the past few years. Like even like as we all did in the middle of 2020 yeah. when everything about Black Lives Matter and, and all that stuff came to the forefront, um, we all had to like examine our own privilege and like where we sit and like how do we how do we help and how do we hinder, like in which, in what ways are we doing good and, and et cetera. So that, that's something that we, I, I had to interrogate for myself a lot. Like I actually started writing the play before that and then that hit and I was like, fuck, like, should I be writing this play? Like I'm not the right person to be writing this about wokeness. This is such a serious thing. Like it's all over the world. Um, and, you know, like there are riots and like people getting killed over this kind of stuff. So I really had to examine where I am and how I feel about my culture. Mm. I think it's something that we all do, like as South Asians in Australia, because as you know, like, like your podcast, we're stuck in between. So sure. like we have to figure out where we sit there and how we feel about it. It's just something that um, is an ongoing process since I was a child, I think. Yeah. 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 And it's also about appreciating the fact that we are in a place of privilege, right? Being able to have yeah. access to both yeah. cultures. So we can kind of pick and choose what we like yeah. from both and then carry that on in our lives and then future generations as well. So it's not just yeah. about being like, oh, poor me, I'm stuck in this world. Totally. But at the same time being like, how can I make the most of this? Yeah. And realising that goes a long mm. way as well. Mm. 100%. Yeah. I think it's just like... Yeah, like we're, we're sort of like in between both. But as you said, we're privileged in a lot of different ways, like whether it be with opportunity or culture or, or education, all that stuff, we're like in a great spot. But it is easy, as you said, just to be like, oh, you know, like we're the minorities and we're, <laughs> we're getting, yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah, we're at the bottom of the barrel over here, but we're doing pretty well. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Um, do you have any advice for anyone who's looking to break into the playwriting space or pursue a career in the theatre? Yeah, for sure. I think that um, this is just based on my own experience, but I would say that the best way to go about it is just to make your own theatre, put it up yourself, um, sort of like, you know, you, the only way in the arts or the theatre to prove your resume is to like actually do it. 
um, because like you know you mm. can pitch an idea, but really it's it is more about the execution and and no one's really gonna buy into what you you have to sell unless they can see it and be like okay, this is interesting. This is something that I'd be interested in. Um, so to get the resources together and actually just do it, just put up a show, even if it's bad, even if you think you don't like it, like it's just you'll learn something. Like it's like anything, like you 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 get better every time you do it. So. The hardest thing is taking the risk to actually get your foot in the door, building it up yourself, um, and just putting something out there. And even if you don't think it's like the greatest thing ever, you've gained some experience. It's like any career, you have to start at the bottom, right? Like you're not going to be the best straight away, but um, just try it, have a go. People are into it. Uh, the South Asian community is supportive, so you'll sell some tickets, I think. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. yeah the word will spread. Yeah, exactly. The word will get out there. Your your parents will tell their their friends, and then <laughs> and, and, the, and it'll it'll all be okay. So just give it a go. But I think also in addition to that, it's like you also need to find a bit of a community of people that you can collaborate with because it is like a collaborative thing. Um, whatever way that you can do that, like a lot of people go to art school um, to do that and find a community or like, you know, there are plenty of other things like, for instance, I found a little community in the improv community and I put on plays with people that I met there. So you just need to find people, like-minded people that are interested in the same thing that you are so that you can collaborate and make something together. And that's the only way I think to get your foot in the door. Yeah, I love that. That's great advice. So we have a few rapid fire questions for you. Mm. Are you ready to answer them? I'm ready. Yeah, let's do it. <laughs> <laughs> All right. First question. What is your top musical or play recommendation? Um, what's my top musical or play recommendation? I Actually, I, I read a play called White Pearl that I thought was quite good. I, did, I haven't actually seen it, but um, I think it was playing in Australia at some point. So White Pearl, if you can catch that whenever it's on. <laughs> That's awesome. Um, who's your dream playwright to collab with, either dead or alive? Dream playwright to collab with. Um, oh, actually, I just saw the show. Saw a show at the Mount House called Chase. Um, that was great. Um, Carly Shepard was the star of that show, and and she helped make that show. So I would love to work with her. Nice. That's yeah. awesome. Who is your favorite character from Stay Woke, and why? Hmm, that's an interesting question. I think that my favorite character is probably. Kate, who's the younger brother's partner, she's the white Australian girl, just because she's she's very funny and she always, she's very inappropriate and she always says the wrong thing, and she, but she's still charming. Um, yeah, so I like her. <laughs> yeah. Love that. That's awesome. Who's your biggest inspiration? I don't know. Like, I, I really like, um, really want to make a show like, um, you know, Girls, the TV show Girls, that's a show that I love, Atlanta, just like shows that everyone loves. But yeah. th- those sorts of things, I, w- I was hoping to make something like that. Nice. Mm. Um, what was your, or what is your favourite film? I think a film that I saw recently that I really loved was The Favourite, funnily enough. Uh, it's about a, uh, the Queen of England and Emma Stone's in it. It's, it's a really, really good movie. You guys should check it out. Yeah, definitely will do. Um, and last but not least, um, it might be a bit early to ask you this given that you've just kicked off the Sydney season of your play, mm. but what other project do you have coming up? What other project? Um, I don't really have anything in the pipeline at the moment. I'm just like trying to uh, figure some things out, <laughs> yeah. formulate some plans. 
and maybe start working on something. But yeah, I've just been I've been busy with this show, and um, I recently had some exams to do, so I haven't been working a whole heap in the writing realm. But hopefully, we'll get back into it soon. As a way of wrapping up, we do finish our episodes with a deep or thought-provoking question. So the question for you is, would you rather lose all of your old memories or never be able to make new ones? Oh, wow. That's a really hard question. That's really tough. I think um, I'd probably lose all the old ones, yeah. You know, I've got to keep moving forward. I, I, I've got a poor memory anyway. Like, uh, my memory's really bad. <laughs> there are a few key memories I wouldn't want to forget. But um, I'm excited about, the, like, I am the sort of person that looks forward and it likes to be in the moment. So, yeah, I think, yeah, we, maybe we can just cut everything from 1 to 29 and then 30 onwards. Let's, yeah, let's remember it. I'm down for that. Yeah, Yeah, I agree. (laughs) I would also rather lose all of my old memories and never be able to make new ones. And nowadays you can just like document everything anyway. You can just like (laughs) vlog your own life and then watch it Just scroll through Instagram and be reminded of all the memories. How about you send them? Yeah, Yeah, I I was leaning towards keeping my old memories, but yeah, I think I get your point. So I'm I'm, I'm back in your camp now because everyone around me I feel like would go out of the way knowing that I've lost all my memories to make new ones with them at least I hope <laughs> so I'm, I'm with you guys well here. you've got a twin so you can just be like hey what, what happened this day <laughs> <laughs> tell me what happened on this yeah. day in this year use yeah. our twin telepathy for sure, <laughs> yeah, exactly. for sure. well thank you so much Aaron for joining us um, again I am so excited to go and watch your play on Absolutely. Saturday and I'll definitely drop you a note afterwards to um, share all my thoughts and um, can't wait to see what's in store for you as well I know you've got some really amazing productions um, down the track in the work as well so looking forward to that oh thanks thanks for having me thank on thank you so much thank you and don't drop me a note if you didn't like it. Just keep it to yourself. Yeah. <laughs> if he doesn't message you, you're not going to Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> I, doubt, I very that much doubt that will happen. <laughs> All right. Thank you so yeah, much. Yeah, no, it's nice to meet you guys. Thank you so much for listening, everyone. As mentioned, make sure to go and support local theatre and art by checking out Stay Woke at the Darlinghurst Theatre in Sydney. See the episode notes for showtimes and where you can get tickets. We'll catch you next week where we speak about the very important topic of domestic violence with two women with lived experiences. We'll see you then. Bye.